Hi, I'm Poppin' Fresh, the Pillsbury Doughboy. And birthday cakes never made sense to me. You are talking about the nonsensical ravings of a lunatic mind. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. All righty then. Hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am Gamer Dude. Glad to have you with us for some more stories. It's coming up on the fourth Thursday in November. That's Thanksgiving time in the U.S. And Thanksgiving is probably, next to the 4th of July, the most American of holidays because it epitomizes everything we are. Eating to excess, lots of sports, complaining about family. (laughs) That's pretty much America, isn't it? No, it's not. (laughs) But there's a lot of that going on. A lot of excess eating. A lot of, oh, do we have to see Grandma? Oh, great, the Cowboys are playing. Or, oh, God, the Cowboys are playing, depending on your perspective and your fandom. But that's what Thanksgiving is all about, and that's what it's been about my entire life. It's always been a holiday of giving thanks, and I'll get to that at the end of the episode, but it's also been a, been a holiday of excess and drama and politics, not politics in the Democrat-Republican sense, but politics in the family sense. Thanksgiving is always a mixed bag to everybody, depending on what your family is like, where you come from, and who you are. But Thanksgiving was always a huge holiday when I was a kid because it was the first two days off in a row that we had in the school year. Back when I was younger, we would occasionally have that three-day weekend for Columbus Day or Veterans Day. But having a four-day weekend, oh my God, that was heaven. We had Wednesday as a half day, then Thursday and Friday we were off, and then we had Saturday and Sunday. It was glorious because when you're a kid, all you want is time off from school. You don't care about giving thanks. You don't care about eating. You care about not being in school. And that I remember as the big focal point of the holiday. Thank God we're not in school. So that's why I looked forward to Thanksgiving so much. It was that four-day break from the routine of school. But of course, Thanksgiving was more than just time off from school. There was the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Now, I liked the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Not everybody likes the Thanksgiving Day Parade. I've actually introduced Mrs. Gamer Dude to the Thanksgiving Day Parade, and she loves it. But not everybody got into the Thanksgiving Day Parade. I liked it. I liked the bands. I liked the floats. And I loved the balloons. I don't know why I loved the big balloons that they had in the parade, but I did. I thought it was really cool that they had these giant balloons being guided down the street by this crew of people and maneuvering through Manhattan. Now, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade was always a big thing. I didn't get to see it every year because my church, the church that I went to, actually had a Thanksgiving Day church service. So sometimes we would be going to church. Other times we'd be traveling. We'd be up at one of my grandmother's houses, and so we didn't get a chance to see the Thanksgiving Day Parade there for whatever reason. But when I could see it, I loved seeing the Thanksgiving Day Parade. As I said, I loved the balloons. I remember Kermit the Frog. I loved the fact that Kermit the Frog was a balloon. There was a Superman balloon. There was a Garfield balloon over the years. I remember Popeye was a balloon for years. Spider-Man was a balloon. I can't explain why I loved the balloons. I just loved the balloons. To this day, Mrs. Gamer Dude and I will sit down on the couch on Thanksgiving morning and we'll watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. 
Now, it's different now than it was when I was a kid. Nowadays, it's all a big production number. They stop the parade in front of the Macy's on 34th Street in New York, and they do a little song and dance number, and they have the bands perform, and they have some celebrity doing their latest song or a commercial for their latest movie. And it's much more commercialized now than it was when I was a kid. Back when I was a kid, they would just run the damn parade. You'd see the bands march by, you'd hear them, you'd see the balloons, you'd see the floats. It was awesome. I loved watching that parade. But of course, the parade wasn't the focal point of Thanksgiving. I enjoyed it, but the focal point of Thanksgiving, aside from the time off from school and the parade, (laughs) I had my priorities as a kid. Aside from those two things, the food was the focal point of Thanksgiving. Now, in the early years, when I was a really young kid, Thanksgiving was usually split between one of my grandmother's houses. We didn't cook Thanksgiving at our house. We would be visiting the grandparents. So we would pack up and we'd head off either to upstate New York, where my grandmother, my mother's mom lived, or to just outside New York City, where my dad's mom lived. Now, I was not privy to the politics of which grandmother we would be visiting on any particular year. But as an adult and having to negotiate these political arguments myself, I am sure there was a lot of negotiating between my mom and my dad, which mother they were going to visit on which year and who was going to be suffering without us that year, or maybe suffering with us that year. Because don't forget, when we went visiting, it was my mom and my dad and three kids. And so it was a small army invading whichever house we were going to. Now, if we were visiting my mom's mom, not only was it the five of us, but up in upstate New York, my mom's sister lived with her two kids. So there would be four of them and the five of us. So that would be nine people invading my grandmother's house. That's a lot of people for a grandmother to take care of because my grandfather had passed years before. So it was my grandmother on her own taking care of us. Now, of course, it wasn't just on her own. My mom and her sister would pitch in and help get the dinner ready, but it was really my grandmother setting the stage and getting everything ready. Now, on occasion visiting my mom's mom, my cousins and my aunt and uncle would visit my uncle's mother, who was in the same neighborhood as my mom's mom. Can you... (laughs) Can you follow this map? (laughs) There's all kinds of pathways and politics involved in who is visiting who and who is going where. My mom's mom and my uncle's mom lived near each other. And there was always a trade-off who was going to visit who during the holidays at that side of the family. And then on my dad's side of the family, he had two sisters and their kids. And if we were visiting his mom, then it would be a question of who was going where and who was doing what. And It was all above my head. It was way above my head when I was a kid. It was just, I'd sit in the car and we'd go where we were going and that was it. As long as there was food and a bed, it didn't matter. I was fine with it. Yeah, but sometimes I do remember that my cousins at my mom's mom's house would be there for dinner and other times they wouldn't because they had to be at their other grandmother's house. But then they would come by and visit my mom's mom after the first dinner and stop by for dessert and snacks at my mom's mom's house. Now, this created a problem one year, and I remember this vividly. It's one of those silly little memories you have from childhood. But one of the things that my dad liked, and as a result, I liked, 
was after the turkey was done, you'd have dinner at 3 or 4 o'clock. And then around 7 or 8 o'clock, you'd start to get hungry again. And you'd want a little snack, maybe a turkey sandwich or maybe a couple of slices of turkey and a little stuffing. So the turkey would get placed in the refrigerator right after dinner. But then you could go pick at it during the evening or the next day. And so my dad loved to pick at the turkey, and so did I. Have a couple of slices, have a little bit of cranberries, have a little bit of stuffing. But one year, my cousins came from their other grandma's house to visit my mom's mom, and they arrived, as young teenagers do, hungry as bears. And they went and picked at the turkey carcass in the refrigerator before my dad got a chance at his snacks. And I remember the rest of that trip, all he did was grumble about my damn cousins eating all the turkey off the bones before he could get a little snack. He was so angry at that. And it's one of those vivid memories that has stayed with me ever since. He was just fit to be tied that he didn't get his turkey slices. And there was no leftover turkey for sandwiches the next day. Nothing better than a little turkey sandwich, little mayonnaise on some, at the time, white Wonder Bread, because that's all we had. This is long before the days when wheat bread was found to be really tasty. All we had was white Wonder Bread. So you take a couple of slices of white Wonder Bread, slap some mayo on it, slap some turkey slices on it. There was nothing better than a turkey sandwich made from leftover turkey from Thanksgiving. The other thing we would sometimes do with that turkey if we didn't have sandwiches is we'd carve it off of the carcass and then dip it into mayonnaise and just eat it straight turkey mayo without the bread. Skip the step of the sandwich making, just have turkey snitchlings with mayo dip and that was your lunch the next couple of days. And yeah, I say couple of days because the turkeys that we got were necessarily huge because of the number of people that were expected at each of the dinners. I'm sure you've gone into the store and you've seen, you know, a six-pound bird, a 10-pound bird, a 12-pound bird. My family specialized in the 20-pound bird. We would have 20-pound turkeys that would fill up the oven. It was just overflowing with turkey, and that thing would take all day to cook. But boy, there was a lot of turkey on a 20-pound bird, so there was always, always leftovers to pick from. Except, of course, for the year that my cousins came and skinned the carcass. But those early years when we were going up to my grandmother's house ended, I think, when I was like 10 or 12 years old, something like that. After that, my mom started cooking at our house and we would invite the family over. Now, when we invited the family over, again, I wasn't privy to the politics, so I don't know who was invited, who wasn't invited, what the timetable was for who could come which year. And I say that because as I look back on my childhood, I realized that my grandmothers, my dad's mom and my mom's mom, never came to the same holiday. They were never at Thanksgiving together. Now, the parents obviously were at my parents' wedding, but as I've looked back over the years, I realized that my dad's family and my mom's family just didn't interact I don't remember a single event, a single holiday, a single episode where they were all together. And I'm sure that played a factor in who was invited over and who wasn't invited over. And I'm sure there were hurt feelings along the way. And I'm sure there was all kinds of conversations going on that I didn't know anything about. But I know this because as an adult and having kids of my own, there's always negotiating about which house we're going to visit, who's coming over, who's not coming over. We can invite this person. We can't invite that person. And I'll tell you, I've had holidays where I've not been able to invite certain members of the family because of certain other members of the family who are going to be there. Now, the way I've handled that is I just say, look, John is going to be here. So, Frank, you probably don't want to come. 
but you're welcome to come. And Frank will say, yep, I'm not coming, but thanks for the invite. But back in the day, my parents and my aunts and my uncles, they weren't that direct. It was always a passive-aggressive, subtle negotiation that I caught wind of but never really heard because I was just a kid, so I wasn't included in these conversations, but I could hear about it, and I could hear mom and dad arguing about it. We have to have your mother over. It's her year. I don't want to have my mother over. But we had my mother over last year. We have to invite your mother over. All right, but I don't want to have my sister over. Oh, yeah, those are those are the kind of conversations I would overhear. And yes, there was some there were some times where, yeah, we can't have this aunt over because my dad doesn't want to see her this year. Okay, I didn't realize that was a thing, but apparently it was. But you know what? Every family is like that. And if your family is like that, don't feel weird about it. Every family is like that. And it's been that way for forever because families are weird. This brother doesn't like that brother. This cousin doesn't like that cousin. This mother doesn't get along with that mother. I'm sure that my two grandmothers didn't get along. I never knew that they didn't get along. But looking back, they were never at the house at the same time. They were never invited at the same time as far as I knew. I never saw them together ever. Now, my parents kept that from us. But it's a fact I can sit here and tell you that my parents didn't have their own parents in the same house together. Now, I would love to be able to go back and ask them, what the hell was going on? Unfortunately, I can't. But boy, oh boy, the politics had to be strong in my family for the two grandmothers not to be in the same house together. So if you feel that you've got a weird family with some weird politics, welcome to the club. But once you get past all of the politics, once you get all of that sorted out, now it's time for the meal. Now, Thanksgiving dinner for us was always, always, always turkey. My mother, one year as we were older, suggested, well, maybe we could try something other than turkey. You would have thought that she had suggested throwing a bag of puppies into the river, the way my family reacted to that. Me, I don't care. I'll eat anything. But the rest of the family? We have to have turkey. Oh my God, it's turkey. It's a holiday for turkey. That's all we can eat. It was only suggested once and then never again. So turkey was always the main meal for Thanksgiving. Always, always, always. And the turkey always had stuffing. And my mom had her own stuffing recipe, which I'm actually going to share with you because it's really super easy for those who don't know how to make stuffing or worry about making stuffing or go with that stovetop stuffing. Don't do that. I'm going to give you a super easy stuffing recipe in just a minute that you can fill your bird with and it'll be the tastiest stuff you've ever had. But we always had the stuffing. We always had that fruit salad with the little marshmallows in it, which we never knew the name of, so we called it that fruit salad with the little marshmallows in it. We learned years later that it was called ambrosia, but my mom called it the fruit salad with the little marshmallows in it, so that's what we had. You can look it up, by the way, Google ambrosia. That was always a staple. We had to have that every Thanksgiving. We would also have an appetizer, whatever the appetizer was of the year. Now, there was no set appetizer. Unlike the ambrosia and unlike the turkey and unlike the stuffing, The appetizer would change from year to year, depending on what was on sale, what my mom's mood was. That was one of those things where she could kind of vamp. She could kind of ad lib. She could just wing it if she felt like it. Certain things you're allowed to adjust as long as they're not the main focus of the meal. Turkey, main focus. Stuffing, main focus. Fruit salad, main focus. But if you were in the mood for a little shrimp cocktail for the appetizer, and if the ShopRite was having a sale, then we would have a big old shrimp cocktail with cocktail sauce. 
And by the way, the cocktail sauce always had to have horseradish in it because that's the way my dad liked it because he likes a little bite on that cocktail sauce with his shrimp. And if you've never tried it, it's really good. But if we weren't doing the shrimp cocktail, sometimes the appetizer would be those little cocktail franks. My mom would get a jar of barbecue sauce, throw that on the stove, throw a packet of cocktail weenies in there, let that cook for a half hour or so, get the cocktail weenies all seeped in that barbecue sauce, and then you'd have a little plate and you'd have your little cocktail weenies and barbecue sauce, and that would be your appetizer. Those cocktail weenies or the shrimp cocktail, those were the standard appetizers for my mom. She would occasionally make an appetizer out of chopped chicken liver. I know it sounds horrible, but she made it in a way that was really good. It was chopped chicken liver with some chopped hard-boiled eggs and some mayonnaise that you would spread on crackers. It really was good. It sounds horrible because you're saying chopped chicken liver. Just that phrase sounds like it should be horrible. But the way my mom made it, it really wasn't. So that's how we would start the meal with those appetizers. And then we'd sit down for the turkey and the stuffing and the fruit salad and the potatoes and all the main staples of the meal. But I promised you the recipe for the stuffing. My mom's stuffing was easy. Now I have, as I started cooking years after I left the house, I have embellished on it. I've improved on it. I've added stuff to it and I've completely changed it. And I've at times not used it at all. But If you're just starting out, or if you've never made stuffing, this is the easiest stuffing you'll ever make, and it's a piece of cake, and it tastes really good. Before I give you the recipe, though, I'm going to tell you this. A lot of people say, don't put stuffing in the bird. It slows the cooking down. It never gets done right. There's always a reason not to put stuffing in the bird, and I understand all those concerns. There's two things you can do to alleviate those concerns. Number one, use a meat thermometer, both in the stuffing and in the bird. That way you know that everything gets to the right temperature. And the other thing is, don't overstuff the turkey. Too many people just cram as much stuff in the turkey as they can as they can get in there. They tamp it down with their fist. They jam it in there so it's packed in there. Don't do that. It's an accessory to the meal. It's not the focal point of the meal. The stuffing is a nice little side. Don't jam the bird full of this stuff and pack it in there. You ruin the whole point. So here it is. Basic stuffing. You're going to need a little butter. Let's say two tablespoons of butter. You're going to need a chopped up onion. You can take a small onion, however much onion you like. You're going to need some instant mashed potatoes, your choice. I know, instant mashed potatoes? No, no, trust me on this. You'll need it this way. You don't want to use real potatoes on this because it it doesn't come out quite right. And I'll tell you why in a second. And you need a bag or a box of croutons. Now, you can pick whatever kind of croutons you want. When I was growing up, Kellogg's put out croutons. And I remember the boxes looked like cereal boxes, and it was Kellogg's croutons. Now, I don't know if you can find them anymore, but you can find all kinds of croutons in your supermarket. You can get potato bread croutons, and you can get pumpernickel croutons, and some of the bakeries in the supermarket sell separate bags of croutons. Whatever you want for your flavored croutons, you can get wheat bread, you can get rye bread. Whatever croutons you're interested in, just get croutons that are pre-prepared. You don't have to make them yourself. You can, but I'm trying to make this easy for you. Okay, so the ingredients, butter, onion, instant mashed potatoes, croutons. You're going to melt your butter in a big old pot. Put it over a medium heat. While that's melting, chop up the onion into teeny tiny pieces. If you have a chopping machine, one of those hand choppers, chop it up really fine. After the butter's all melted, throw the onion in there. You're going to saute the onion. Yes, we're fancy. We're sauteing the onion. What you're doing is you're cooking it till it's translucent or soft or both. You don't want crunchy onion in your stuffing. You just want soft onion. 
If you have a big onion, you might add a tablespoon of butter to it. So now you're up to three tablespoons. You don't want to over butter it, but throw it in there. Now, these ingredients are just estimates. I say two tablespoons of butter. I say could be three tablespoons, could be four. It depends on the size of your onion. It depends on how buttery you like things. But the beauty of cooking is you get to make it up as you go along. Not with a cake recipe. If you're doing a cake recipe, you have to measure everything. But when you're kind of making a stuffing, you're kind of ad-libbing, it's like jazz. You're kind of cooking as you go. You make it up as you go. So these are guidelines. All of the ingredient measurements I'm giving you are guidelines. You can follow along and ad-lib as you wish. You can throw some salt in there. You can throw some pepper in there. You can add other things. But I'm giving you the basics. Start from there and then go crazy. Anyway, after that's all nice and translucent and soft, you're going to throw in the box of croutons. When I say a box, we're assuming about a 16-ounce box, 16-ounce bag. If you need more stuffing than that, double up what I'm telling you. But usually a box is enough for a, for a decent-sized turkey. Stir those croutons in there with that butter. Get the onion mixed throughout the croutons. Mix the croutons in with the onion and then take it off the heat. Turn the heat off. You don't need the heat anymore. While you let that set, make up a batch of those instant mashed potatoes. Or Ida works. Betty Crocker is okay. I like Or Ida. The reason you want the instant is because when you make the instant mashed potatoes, they're smoother and have a more consistent consistency because what you're going to do is throw those potatoes in the stuffing onion mix that you just made. Why? Because the stuffing and the potatoes cling together just enough to give it some body and texture. So that when you're throwing it in the turkey and the turkey is cooking and the juices start to flow in the turkey, you get a nice flavor throughout the stuffing. For one box of croutons, let's assume you had a 16-ounce box of croutons, you want to use four servings of potatoes. You can add more if you want. You can add less if you want. I'm just giving you a recipe that works. Once you get the four servings of potatoes done, and you can follow the instructions on the box, it's super easy. You're boiling water and milk and throwing the potatoes in there, stirring it up, and boom, instant mashed potatoes. It's a piece of cake. You can do it. Trust me, you can do it. Once you have those potatoes done, you then add those to the onion crouton mix in the big pot. Stir it all together. It's going to look weird. You're going to have croutons stuck together with potatoes, and you're going to say, why am I going to eat this? Except you're going to want to when it has turkey juice on it, and you have turkey and turkey gravy all next to it. Oh, it's going to be good. Trust me. So you're going to mix those potatoes and mix those croutons and mix that onion together, and you're going to have stuffing. That's all there is to it. That's stuffing right there. Potatoes, croutons, butter, onion, stuffing. That's it. Now, when you're ready to put the bird in the oven, you're going to take the stuffing out of the pan and put it in the cavity of the turkey. When I say cavity of the turkey, that's the big hole in the middle of the turkey. By the way, if you're making your own turkey, that cavity area, you have to clean that out. Take out the neck, take out that bag of giblets, take out all the stuff that's in there. Get all that stuff out of there. People have made that mistake. You don't cook a turkey with that stuff in there. Once you take it out, then you throw your stuffing in and you put the bird in the oven. I'm not going to go through all the machinations of how to cook a turkey in the oven. It's really not complicated. There's a lot of different methodologies to do it. I'll let you figure your own out. But if you're interested, we can do an episode on turkey cooking if you really want to know. But the stuffing is the easy part. You fill that in, throw it in the oven, and you will have... One of the tastiest stuffings you'll ever have with those four simple ingredients. You can do it. So you've got that turkey cooking. You've got your stuffing cooking. You've got the fruit salad made. And as you spend the day in the house on Thanksgiving Day, 
If you're cooking at your home, that smell of turkey roasting and the different sides that you're making cooking away, the sweet potatoes, the mashed potatoes, the candied yams, whatever other veggies you did, that green bean salad with the onions on top of it. Oh yeah, that's a staple too. All of those smells, they fill your senses, they fill your house. It's an awesome day. And if you're a sports fan, you have a football game on in the background. If you're not a sports fan, you have some old movie on, Yankee Doodle Dandy. It's a wonderful life. Something is on in the background. If you have a big family or if you have cousins or the neighbors are home, you go outside, maybe you throw the football around a little as the turkey cooks, and you just kind of chill. Thanksgiving is a kind of a chill day. Once you get the food going, it's supposed to be kind of a chill day. Yes, there's family politics, and yes, there's stuff to worry about when Cousin Vinny is over and Aunt Selma is being a pest and Grandpa Jones is just being Grandpa Jones and, oh yeah, somebody broke out the scotch. Now everybody's going to be talking, talking, talking. But Thanksgiving is supposed to be a chill day. And I always remember it as being a chill day when I was growing up. It was never really a stressful day. I mean, the politics of the family was above my head. It was out of my experience. I was kind of aware of it, but I didn't really know about it. So Thanksgiving was the chillest of holidays for me. Christmas was always much more stressful because of the gift giving and the the dinners there and who's invited and who's not and who's going where. Christmas has a certain stress level, at least in my family, that Thanksgiving never did. Thanksgiving was always kind of a mellow day and it still remains one of my favorite holidays because of that. It's a mellow day and it's supposed to be a mellow day and it's supposed to be a day where we give thanks. And that's the biggest point of Thanksgiving. And if you take nothing else away from this episode, that's what I want you to take away. Thanksgiving is a day of thanks. So take some time on Thanksgiving to be thankful for what you have, for the gifts that you've been given. I know we don't all have the same gifts. I know we don't all have the same experiences. I know we don't all have the same lives. I know some of us have more than others. I know some of us struggle week to week. I know some of us struggle day to day. I know some of us have issues that we deal with every day, every minute. And it's easy to focus on those. It's easy to get lost in those. It's easy to get lost in the bad things, the horrible things, the difficult things. But we all do have things to be grateful for. And if nothing else on Thanksgiving, try to find those things that are good in your life and be thankful for them. Now, I can't complete a Thanksgiving episode without giving thanks for everything that Twitch has given me and this podcast has given me because both Twitch and the podcast have given me so many things to be thankful for. I'm not going to try to list everybody who I've met, who I've become friendly with, who I consider close friends now because of Twitch because I'll miss somebody and I don't want anybody to be upset or hurt. Well, GamerDude didn't mention me. You guys know who you are. You have been so supportive of me and spent so much time with me and given me some of the best moments of my life, just sharing laughs and sharing stories and sharing time together. You are my family. You are the people that I like to hang out with. You are the people that I like to tell stories with. You are the people that I like to spend time with. And all of you guys have made me so grateful for the opportunities that have been given to me in my life To get the chance to meet you guys, to hang out with you guys, to spend time with you guys, to get to know you guys. And the fact that you spend so much time with me 
Whether it's watching me stream games, die colorful and creative deaths on the battlefields of whatever game I'm playing, or spending time listening to this podcast, it means so much to me. And I am so grateful for you guys. I am so thankful for you guys. And I feel so blessed that all of you guys are in my life. Thank you. Thank you for being part of my family. And thank you for letting me into your family. You guys mean the world to me. And I am so grateful for you. That's going to do it for this episode of Storytime. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Thank you for being part of my family. Thank you for being part of my life. You guys are the absolute best. Until next time, you take care of yourselves. And I'll see you when I see you.